Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 24 today, 25. I'm going to just, you know, since it's long, I'm going to read it and just break it down to the points what we can see here through God's Word. I want, before we read this in John chapter 4, I want to kind of give you the background. Uh, it's talking really about a Samaritan woman. And the background is the Samaritans. All right, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't like each other. Matter of fact, they hated each other. The Jews didn't get along with the Samaritans, and the Samaritans returned to favor. And the reason that happened is because the Samaritans were Jews until what took place in 722 B.C. The Assyrians came and they conquered northern kingdom of Israel, and that was Samaria, and they exiled those Samaritans. And the way the Assyrian kings, what they did to control countries, they would take foreign nations and bring their culture, their pagan gods, their worship, and bring it in and let them influence what they were holding captive. And so the Samaritans had <coughs> pagan worship also that came in, and there's a, they married into that pagan worship, and it influenced them. So when the Jews came back and Israel was restored, they, didn't, they saw them with their own temple. They had the Samaritans built their own temple. Matter of fact, the Samaritans only believed in the five first books of the Bible, uh, uh, chapters, the law of Moses. Uh, that's the only thing they believed in because that's after they got exiled from, from, uh, and, and got captured. And so they were always at odds with one another because the Jews thought they were doing it right. The Samaritans thought we're doing it right. Uh, we, we, we praise God. We built a temple on Mount Gerizim, and, and the Jews, they, they, uh, they worship God in Jerusalem. So, with that, let's start reading here. John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, through Jesus, and though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea, and he departed again to Galilee. So he's He's, he's leaving the place. He's going to Galilee. But he needed to go to Samaria. Underscore that in your Bibles if you can. I know if you've got your phones, make a note of that. He needed to go through Samaria. Now, I just told you the background. Why would you go to Samaria if you're not welcome there? It's not an easier route. It was, it was a very rough route. It was easier to just go over the Jordan River. But he made his... He said... Right there, it said that he needed to go to Samaria. Why? Because he's about the Father's business. Do you know you're about the Father's business? If you're saved, you have the ministry of reconciliation? Huh? Amen. If you're saved, you're to tell others, you're to be a witness to others. Do you know the Father's business is? You know what his sign of business is? It's to win people to the kingdom of God. Amen. That's the heartbeat of the kingdom. You can think about blessings, you can think about all the principles of God, but the heartbeat of the kingdom of God, the heartbeat of the Father is to not any man perish, but all come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Amen. Do you know God's not slack concerning his promise, as some concern slackness? <clears throat> but he's very long-suffering. 
And he desires that all men come to the knowledge of Christ. He, he doesn't desire men to die without the knowledge of Christ Jesus. So Jesus is thinking that he needed to go to Samaria to plant seed. Do you think like that? Do you go through life and thinking, who can I be a witness to? This good news, this gospel, this good news, or do you just want to be a bless me club? We just all keep it inside here. You know, we come here on Sundays and we shout a few amens and feel good about ourselves and know that heaven's our home. We got the fire insurance, right? Got the policy written, right? That's not like that. We're to witness and be a witness to other people. They, he, most, everybody, all the Jews would have avoided Samaria, but Jesus wasn't going to avoid it. What, what people are you avoiding? What people do you don't get along with? You're like, I'm not bringing the good news to them. They don't deserve it. Got a little Jonah in us, don't we? <laughs> listen, I'm telling on myself too. I'm not, I listen, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I like to share the gospel with churchy people, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? People that vote like you. Think like you. People like that you like to hang out with. But he's going to people that you wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with, and they wouldn't want you to hang out with them. <laughs> the church sometimes wants to do this. We don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't hang out with those that do. <laughs> That's so religious, isn't it? Yeah. Can we? Do you realize that if it wasn't for the Lord where you would be right now, God didn't just barely save you. It wasn't just like a little dab of do you. He totally radically saved you. Amen. You had a heart that was deceitful. As Jeremiah says, if the heart's deceitful, who would know it? Who can know such a thing? Listen, your heart didn't need to be remodeled. <laughs> it needed to be replaced. <laughs> All of our hearts. And if we can get the mindset of that, then we can look at people that don't measure up, you know, to our standards and realize we were there too. We're just in the line just like them. We were in the line to hell. But, but praise God for the grace of God. Amen. That his love and kindness... He looked at us and brought somebody who brought truth to us, brought a prophet or prophetess that spoke into our lives, that, that truth rang like a bell at that moment. And you knew you needed a Savior, not just a Savior, you needed a Lord and Savior. Listen, if he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior. He's got to be Lord and Savior. Yes. Some people just want him from you, Savior, fire insurance. No, that doesn't work like that. He's going to be Lord of your life. Lord of it all. Hallelujah. So think about that this week. When you see people there that you just like, you know what, I just don't like you. <laughs> see, because I know all y'all don't think like Pastor Arthur up here. I know y'all walk in faith and dominion so much, you know, and your little angels looking at me saying, man. But that's why we need the Lord and Savior. That's why we need transformation. Yes. Yeah. 
that keeps us from being hypocrites. You know, I had somebody one time tell me, I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites. And I'm like, well, I better spend an hour with them than spend eternity with them. So he needed to go to Samaria. And he did. And you know the blessing of that? He planted that seed in Samaria, and 10 years later, Philip is preaching in Samaria, and they all believe Christ. Philip reaped what he didn't sow. Christ sowed it first when he went here to the well, and Philip preached Samaria, and they all believed. Why? Because someone plants, someone waters, and God gives the increase. Hallelujah. So don't be discouraged when you, when you bring the gospel, the good news to that person that you don't really care for, or maybe you do care for, and they reject it. Don't be afraid to plant the seed because the seed is what's going to do the work. Because God will come along and have someone else water it. I remember years ago, back when I was like 18 years of age, I was working for this one horse company. Well, it was just me and another guy working for this man, air conditioning company. And uh, he started asking about God. And he started talking about, you know, remember Moses and the Ten Commandments? You know, Moses, 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 you know, let my people go. And he was talking about all that and just interested. And I knew this guy at my young age of 18, I was like, he needs, he needs the Lord. He's searching. So he'd ask me all these questions. At that time, I didn't have any answers. And I just needed to be saved. And that got you to heaven. And uh, so I told him, I, I told him about that. You need to get saved. You got to be born again to be in heaven. You're not going to get there by your works. You know, I knew that much. And he said, ah. He thought, he thought about it. You know, he says, let me think on it. And man, I felt like I just disappointed the Lord. I walked away from there like, oh. Because, you know, when you witness on somebody, you want to plant it and reap it and have a harvest all in one big result, right? And he said, you know, he just said, I'll think about it. And I remember he had his, his girlfriend, who's now his wife, was there. And, and, and she knew about the Lord, and she was just kind of looking at me, too, and shaking her head, you know. Because she knew I was kind of struggling, you know. I'm young. And... Uh, he went about his ways, and, you know, I went on my way, and we started, you know, I got married at 21, and I'm doing my thing, and one, I'm still doing air conditioning work, and one day he's doing air conditioning work, and I see him, like, man, 10 or 12 years later, in the supply house, he goes, hey, Arthur, start talking, and I go, hey, what are you doing, you know, and he said, well, he said, uh, you know, tell me who you married, you know, and has children, and he said, uh, I want you to tell you that. I teach Sunday school. Class. You just don't know sometimes. 
Sometimes we won't know what we've done, what the Lord has done through us until we get to heaven. But praise God, let me see that. And it wasn't no big, powerful message. Kicked down the door and saying, you got to get saved. It was just a timid little... Glory to God. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near a plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So Samaria, you know, this is Jacob. This is the patriarch. So, you know, they were Jews. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph with the coat of many colors. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, Set thus by the well, it was about the sixth hour. It was noon. It's hot. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. It's thirsty. Remember that, though. Would you underscore that? Give me a drink. You got the well, the eternal well of life, sitting on a well. The everlasting, life-giving well of water sitting on top of the, the wall of the well. The spiritual for your eternal soul, spirit, who gives life, is sitting on a physical spot of water. He says to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away to the city by food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask and drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She's like, what are you asking me this for? Why she's showing up at noon is because she's got a reputation. And she doesn't want to be scolded by the other ladies. So she comes up to the hottest part of the day when she knows there's not going to be any women there. Oh, Lord, forbid it that we do that to people that are sinners that come into a place and we look our nose down upon them yeah. and don't give them grace because we will receive grace. Amen. Take heed. Bless you stand, lest you fall. Take heed when you stand, lest you fall. You think about, oh, I got it all together. I'm God's answer, man. I'm God's, I'm on the A team. You start thinking like that, God put you on the B team. It's humility. It's humility that God's presence is with. Praise God for gifted pastors, but praise God for People who understand humility and know there's an anointing that only God gives. Mm -hmm. Why do you give me a drink? Why are you asking? We have no dealings with this marriage. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, how many know there's a gift of God? Amen. He's telling her something. If you knew the gift of God and who it was that said to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you Living water. Amen. 
Do you realize you got the gift of God? If you're here today and you don't know the gift of God, if you don't know that being a good person is not going to get you to heaven. You're not a Christian. Billy Sunday said it one time like this, being in a garage does not make me a car. Because <laughs> I stand in a garage. Coming to church don't make you a Christian. But people who are Christians come to church. Praying doesn't make you a Christian. But people who are Christians, they pray. But what makes you the righteousness of God is Christ Jesus. He's the, he, there's the gift of God that God gives the gift, and it's through him. And he says, if you would ask me, if you would ask him, Jesus, you catch that, he says, the gift of God, if you just ask Jesus, Jesus will give it to you. No five-point Calvinism. All you got to do is ask. It's not just a chosen few. We're chosen by God, but he desires all men who call upon his name. He says, if you just ask me, I'll give you the gift. You don't have to work for the gift. It's a free gift. It costs Jesus everything. It costs him his life, but it's a free gift to us. How one-sided is that? All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved. Yeah. All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. You don't need a basin of blood once a year. Then you can go to the Holy of Holies whenever. Can I let you on a secret? I've been to the Holy of Holies this morning. When we praise God, see, for some people, it's external, and they're just praising God, and it's no different just singing a good song. But when you know who you're praising about, to whom you serve, and whom you love, and whom loves you, who loves you, then you praise him, and you can come boldly through the throne of grace in your time of need. Do you know we worship him not just when things are going good, not when the good times are rolling, but how about the good, bad, and ugly? I will bless the Lord at all times. When Job, when they came to Job and they told him, man, you lost your family, you lost your house, you lost your livestock, you lost it all. You know what the Bible says? Job shaved his head, took off his clothes, laid down on the ground, and worshiped God. Do you worship God when it's, things are at its worst? When you're in the middle of a storm, that's the time to enter the Holy of Holies. That's not the time to run. That's not the time to be an Adam and go hide. That's not the time to run to resources. Praise God for resources, but that's not your source. Do you know your job's not your source? Do you know money's not your source? You know people are not your source? Family's not your source. You know what your source is? God. But he blesses you with resources. You have resources. But your focus has got to be, God is my source to everything. Yeah. Seek ye first the source. Seek ye first the king of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And all the resources, all the things will be added unto you. So many people are looking for resources to, you know. People get sick about things. You know what you need to do? Go to God first. And then go to the resources. You know, I take a pill, and I go, in the name of Jesus, let this work. Amen. 
It's not so much that you, you have resources. Luke was a physician. But our, our hope and our belief is not in that. It's in the source. He's, he's talking to her about this water, right? And he's talking about living water. And she's not getting it. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? He's talking about living water. He has nothing there. She's still thinking he's talking about physical water, resources. Because that's all her mind's been on is resources. And that's what a lot of people's minds is on is just resources. Bless me, Lord, with resources. Oh, thank you, Lord, when the resources are here. But we need to thank the Lord at all times. Jesus answered her again, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. This, is, this woman is a thirsty soul. You're fixing to find out. thirsty soul. She's bound by sin. You're going to see this. Blinded by the devil. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall, who will? I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will be in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You know every one of us when we're born, we're born into sin. You know that? When Adam fell off the bridge, we fell off with him. We're born into sin. That's why there had to be a second Adam, Jesus Christ, to take care of what the first Adam messed up. And so we were born into sin. And so each one of us when we're born, we have this God vacuum size, vacuum in our life that we're trying to fill, a void in our heart we're trying to fill. And people are trying to fill that void with resources. Oh, I'm going to be happy when I get that house. Oh, I'm going to be happy when those children are drinking whole milk. <laughs> Not Similac. Oh, I'm going to be happy when my children are in high school. When they graduate high school. Oh, I'm going to be happy when I get that job. When I marry that person. Realize this, that none of that is going to fill that void. The thirst that you have in your soul is because of the lack of God. And when you get filled, like Jesus is saying, you got all these resources, your body needs water, yes, of course. But when you keep going to those resources and looking for fulfillment, you're not going to find it. Have you ever planned a big old trip and once you've done it, you're like, well, I wasn't, didn't want, I was all cracked up to be. <laughs> I was walking over to France this year, and you know, after a while, I'm like, I'm tired, Dina. <laughs> so I've seen all this architecture. At the moment, I mean, you know, I went to the Biltmore House down in North Carolina, and I went through about the first few 20 minutes of it, and I said, okay, I've seen enough. Because <laughs> things will just not fulfill you. You, th you plan these big old plans, and then after it's all over with, you're like, huh, oh, you got to go find something else to plan. <laughs> Vicious cycle that we do. 
In fact, our bank accounts would be a lot better. <laughs> but when you go and get the water that Christ gives you, when you're born again, when you can enter the holy holies, when things are good and when things are bad, that's fulfilling. You won't thirst anymore like you did in the natural. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I might not thirst and I have to come here to draw. She's not getting it. She's like, I don't want to work. I don't want to come here. And I don't want to be thirsty anymore. This will be another chore that I don't have to do. Can you get rid of it? And so then Jesus confronts her. Look at the next verse. Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And she was hoping he would leave it at that. <laughs> have you ever been confronted and you change the subject really quickly? It's going to happen right here. Jesus said to her, you have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you have spoken truly. See, she's looking for fulfillment. Before you judge this woman, we're all, we're all thirsty. And we're looking for things to fulfill our life. And things are not going to fulfill your life. That void, that God-sized void in your heart, only God can fill that void. She was looking for the acceptance of men to fulfill her life. We deal with other things. He says that to her, red or male, right? The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. <laughs> so here she changes the subject. You're going to get religious on him, all right? Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. You Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. So she knows about, she knows about religion. She, they've been worshiping on the mountain. But look what Jesus says to her. She's arguing with him. It's getting tense in there, right? She's saying, where do we, where do we all worship? This is where denominations come from. We do it right over here. I don't know, but we do it right over here. If we could just be all unified, right? We can disagree about some things, but as long as we're like, you got to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's by his blood. Without the remission, after the spilling of the blood, there's no remission of sins. Mm -hmm. If we don't accept him, that's what we need to be dogmatic on, okay? Right. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and all the other gifts and stuff like that, we can waver on that thing, but as long as we're dogmatic on this one thing. Mm -hmm. Now, we preach the fullness of God here right. and the giftings. But I think if we would just quit being like, like, we got it all going on here, right? We'd be doing so much better. Yeah. I think we'd be a lot more Christ-like. Yeah. We'd be unified. Yes. It's not looking for just one unified church. By the way, you know, all the denominations are all going to be up there together. <laughs> so get along now. <laughs> and we're all going to be worshiping. Three revelations. 
Holy, holy. You're going to be worshiping. Your future is worship. Better learn to worship now. And listen, if worship is not tasteful to you and it's tedious, either you need a revival or you need salvation. Revival means you need to get back in the Word of God and you need to go to the throne and worship in your time of need. And God will revive you. And we do backslide at times. But the Lord always brings you back. You know, he told Peter, he says, you, you're going you're gonna to deny me, but hey, when you come back, feed your sheep. For I prayed for you. But if, if, if coming to church, you don't change, and you don't have any transformation, and, and the Word of God doesn't make head or tails to you, and you can't make sense out of it, it might be that you're just dead in the Spirit, and you're just coming to church, and it's just religion. And religion gets you nowhere. You can come to church. Listen, the Pharisees, if they were coming to church today, they wouldn't miss a service. They, they tithe all the time, right? And they do the work of God, but they all go to hell. That's what Jesus said. He says, oh, you're like whitewashed tombs. It, it's, it's, you can do the right things for the wrong reason. You can do God's work and do it for the wrong reasons. And God says in Matthew chapter 7, they say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. It's a dangerous place to be. So don't just be in church for the sake of fellowshipping. We fellowship. We encourage one another. We build one another. But you better learn how to, you better know how to start worshiping God. And God will give you that spirit. Because see, you can't do it if you're not born again. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're not going to know how to worship because you're not going to know the things of God. You're dead in your spirit. It says the natural man does not know the things of God for it's foolishness to him because he's spiritually discerned. Doesn't know. So the first thing you got to do is get born again. And we'll do that at the end of the service. You have to be born again. How do you do that? Just call upon the name of the Lord. He's teaching her right here. Jesus said, woman, believe me. She says, where are we going to worship? And notice that she's been worshiping and it hadn't changed her. Same thing happens with us. There's one thing when you're a baby Christian, you're learning your own milk. And you desire the milk that you might grow by. <laughs> but if you don't desire it, I wonder if you're even saved or not. You need to ask yourself that. See, after a few years, you start maturing. But how many people that you've known they've been in church for 20 years, they don't know anything about God? They don't know the truth about God. All they have is subjective things, opinions. Oh, I think God does. I remember being one time in a class and I'm like, good night. Y'all been here for how many years and y'all are deacons and y'all don't know this, the basic elementary things of God? This is before I even started preaching. You can come to church and not know God. Yeah, 
Woman, believe me, the hour's coming. There's a dispensation. When you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship what you do not know. <laughs> How many people are doing that in our churches today? But they don't know. You say, how, how, do you, how do you be saved? And they're like, come to church. It's not here. You can only go, your highest worship can only go your knowledge of God. That's as high as it's going to go. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. You got to know, and the way you know is getting in the Word. He says, listen, he says, the hour's coming now when true worshipers, underline that, true worshipers, not just worshipers, true worshipers will worship the Father in what? Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It means the Holy Spirit's got to be indwelt with you, with your spirit. That's where it starts. But you got to have some truth. You got to know what you're worshiping. Amen? Spirit and truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. When the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you in all truth. He will tell you all things. He will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and give you remembrance of all things. It's about truth and spirit and truth. So it's like they had a zeal. The, the Samaritans, they had a zeal for God, but they didn't know what they were worshiping. That's what Jesus said. So you worship on this mountain, you got a zeal for God, but you don't know what you're worshiping to. You know, like churches today? Challah. But then the Jews are over here, they don't get it right either. Because they got all the truth, they have no zeal. Remember what Jesus said? You were right when Isaiah said, your lips speak of me, but your heart is far from me. So we got to be both. When you know the truth, you have zeal. It's not just emotions only. I wasn't planning on crying right here in front, telling that little story that I've probably told 20 times before, and I never cried about it before. But that's the Holy Spirit, the anointing coming along. I'm not even, I don't even know why I should be boo-hooing. I'm sitting there thinking, why am I crying? I should be militant. I should be strong right now. And I couldn't do it. Yeah. Truth and spirit. Spirit and truth. Yeah. Both. Yes. It's not just running around and throwing your hands up and not knowing anything. Because they've been doing that for years and she doesn't know. Yeah. But then we don't want to be dead orthodoxy. Dead in our doctrine. That's what they had. The Pharisees were doing the right things for the wrong reasons to be seen by men. Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't planning on preaching it like this this morning. Really? <laughs> I was just going to go through the scriptures here and just... <laughs> but the hour is coming and now when true worship will worship the Father and the Spirit truthful for the Father. Look at this. He is seeking such to worship him. So when you worship God, God's looking for true worshipers, and he's looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. 
For the Father, right? Not Mother Earth. The Father, right? You say, why would you say that, Pastor? Because sometimes New Age gets mixed up in the church. Somebody's been going to church for 20 years, saying they know the Lord, and they're over here talking this, who has bewitched you? (laughs) We don't mix Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ and alone. For the Father seeks, he's seeking, he's looking for those type of people to worship him. So worship does something for you. You become what you worship. Did you know that? If you become what you worship, let me ask you a question. Do people see Jesus in you? They look at you and say, something different about that. Because whatever you worship is what you become. What you give your attention to, that's what you become. Man makes the idol, and then the idol makes the man. What are you looking to? Who are you looking to? What are you coming to church for? To be blessed? Is that it? Because that's not the highest thing. The, high, the best thing to do is just come to worship God. You'll get blessings. You want to get blessed? Worship God. Come to the Holy of Holies. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these things we added to you. You don't have to go running for things. Things will run after you. Amen. When you seek God, when you praise God. Not just when things are always going right, but when all hell's coming against you. You fall down and say, Lord, you worship. You worship him reading your Bible. You worship him through prayers. Not just music. It's worshiping God when you think upon his name. You're worshiping God. And God is thirsty. Remember at the beginning? He's sitting on the well. He says, I'm thirsty. Will you give a God a drink today? Because that's what he's looking. He's seeking. He's thirsty for true worshipers. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you, Lord. We thank you for your word. Good ground. You know, this morning I'm going to give the opportunity for salvation because I don't know everybody's hearts here. Maybe you never heard preaching like this before that you, (laughs) it's not about doing things. See, you need to become as righteous as Jesus. And the only way you do that is, is Jesus' righteousness. When you accept Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you become the righteousness of God. You're made righteous. Not by what you have done or plan on doing, but what he has done. The cross. That's what makes you righteous. So, to be in the kingdom of God, you've got to be born into it. It's not works that get you there. To get in the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. A second birth has to take place, and that birth is a spiritual birth. And the way you do that, Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, because salvation comes to the mouth and the heart one believes. If you do that, you can call upon the name of Jesus and say, Lord, you're my Lord and Savior. When you do that, you're born again. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
you're no longer a man with a dead spirit, but you're a person, a man or woman or a child with a dead spirit, but you're brand new in your spirit. You're new. You're a new creation like nothing ever on this earth before. That's the hour of dispensation. That's what Jesus is saying. The hour's coming. And the way you get that is being born again in Jesus Christ. By accepting what he did on the cross. So no one looking around, head bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to give you the opportunity for salvation. If you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you say a prayer? And I want to say the prayer with you because I want to enter the kingdom of God. I, I want to be able to worship with God. And I want heaven to be my home. If you want that, raise your hand here this morning. Yes, I see your hands. Yes, yes, yes. I see them all over. Now say this with me. Heavenly Father, heard your word. I know that works. Don't get me to heaven. What gets me to heaven is the great high priest, Jesus Christ. By his blood, my sins and sin debt has been paid fully. So this morning I call upon your name. Make me a child of God. Make me a new creation. Make my spirit born again. And I will follow you, worship you, and be discipled by you all the days of my life. And I will dedicate myself to ministry and reconciliation. Since you reconciled me, I will reconcile others. I will be a witness to you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, that I was here by divine appointment. And I'm now born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.